Yep. I'm just going to start recording and let me turn my phone on. Actually, my phone is already on vibrate. Okay, so welcome to episode, I lost track, 250 something of the Stellar School podcast after what, eight years, oh, sorry, my name is Daniela Rossi. You can call me Danny because um, it's a hard name even for fluent speakers outside of Italy to say, to pronounce. So coming to you in a cold yet very sunny Toronto in Canada. And after eight years of podcasting, this is my first time I have a live studio audience or live virtual audience. Yay. Um, coming to you from the world, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, World Stuttering Network, Stutterfest 2021. Uh and I and it's a twenty-hour uh, conference of people of, of of the sessions, pretty much celebrating and talking about stuttering around the world. So we have speakers from the UK, Israel, Sweden, Iceland, um, I believe Brazil, uh, Peru. I think is on there, um, and of course Canada is here. And and so I am going to, I thought of choosing a topic that no one else is going to talk about. We have other podcasters that will be, have been, and will be uh, putting on a, having a live podcast, just, just like I am. So I figured this is a topic maybe no one else has talked about, or at least I haven't heard anybody else talk about this. So uh, just a few things you're going to hear a ding ding that you probably just heard now. This is through Zoom. That ding ding is our people coming into the room, into the waiting room. So you probably heard it right now. I don't know if Zoom records it. So mentioning that right now, uh, you're probably hearing a lot of echo on my end. It's the room that I'm in. Uh, it's not very acoustically perfect, but that's okay. For people watching in video, that weird structure of wood over there in the back is actually a standing desk. So it's very distracting, I know. <laughs> uh, I get asked that during work almost every week. What is that? So I just want to point that out. So uh, before I introduce my guest, I want to spend, unfortunately, it's going to take about five minutes for me to explain what my podcast is about. Because the name is rather controversial, I guess. Stuttering is cool. There is nothing cool about stuttering. Or is there, right? What's not cool about stuttering is us being laughed at, made fun of, um, you know, awkward stares, you name it. We've all, you know, experienced it, you know, being, you know, learning to become worried and scared to speak, you know, and that can cause so many other traumas, so many other things like you're not going to go after the job that you really want or even the career or what happened to some of my friends, they were told you're not allowed to graduate because your speech, we don't think your speech is going to help you or going to be good for our university to have you go, go out there, which is, which, is, which is such an unnecessary thing on so many levels. Um, and what makes stuttering quote unquote, cool, kind of cool is, or at least from what I experienced, after three decades of stuttering, hiding my stutter, I learned, oh, other people do stutter and other people have a positive outlook on their stuttering and they have successful lives. They got married. Um, 
And, you know, they experienced the same thing that I thought I was the only one that came up with these funny tricks to get people to say what I wanted to say or, you know, describe my city, you know, instead of just saying Toronto, because I kept uh, stuttering on uh, that. Um, although I do stutter a lot less now, um, but before, and I do stutter more um, when I'm not podcasting, which is very weird. Uh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Where, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, learning that, hey, I have this tribe of people from around the world where we're actually laughing about our stuttering together, like not in a mean way, but in a, hey, that was funny how I, you know, stuttered that order in the coffee shop. And you know, I, you know, explained to her that I stuttered and, you know, or other cool things when I learned that uh, people really didn't care how I spoke, if I stuttered, and all that stuff. So that's what I mean by stuttering is cool when you start to own your stuttering, you start to learn, hey, it's okay to tell people that I stutter, I can't believe I was afraid to tell people that I stuttered, you know, throughout my life. Now I can't wait to tell them. I have a friend who was complaining one day. This was years ago. We both went to a Starbucks to get a coffee. And you know how they ask you for your name to say our dreaded name. Um, so they asked me, okay, what's your name? I said, my name. Okay, great. Next order was my friend. They didn't ask her her name. <laughs> and she was like, darn it. I wanted to you know, disclose and stutter my name. So that's what I mean by stuttering is cool. And uh, being someone who grew up also uh, enjoying reading comics um, and drawing comics. So I create comics featuring this guy, little uh, fox who stutters. Actually, this is probably a better photo, better drawing. His name is Frankie Banky. And yes, I did make a book. This isn't a pitch, but if you're interested, stutterschool.com. Just saying, just saying. If Anita would like to type in <laughs> URL, stutterschool.com. Uh, and in fact, I'm going to share my screen. Uh, and just to give you a bit of an idea of the type of comics that I draw uh, about stuttering um, uh, that I do uh, for two reasons. I have two goals. Uh, one is to educate uh, people who don't stutter. Here's what it's like to stutter. So in this comic, that I'm showing you now. And I'm going to describe it for our listeners listening in through their ears, not their eyes. Uh, you know, the caption is telling people that you stutter. It's the educate method. This is how I learned that. Oh, okay. This is how you, this is how you tell people that you stutter. Um, so Frankie Banky, the name of the fox is, uh, no, he's stuttering a, a hello, hello, which was always a horrible word for me to say. Growing up, I dreaded the phone. Every time it rang, my stomach would hurt. And, and at that time in the 80s, we didn't have an answering machine. <laughs> so I was so happy when an answering machine came. Uh, next panel, he's trying to, you know, say, you know, and the person on the other end is saying, hello, hello. And Frankie Banky says, I'm still here. And the final panel is you could see that he's in his house. There's a flood. He's on a ladder on top of a ladder talking on the phone. And he's saying, I speak with a stutter. Anyway, I'm calling about your faulty toilets. So there's a little bit of humor there to draw people in and also educate at the same time. Uh, please let me know if I'm going too fast because as someone who stutters, I have an issue with time. <laughs> with feeling like, oh, I think I'm taking up time, which is an fortunate for you know anybody to uh, feel uh next one 
I only have two comics to show. This is one. Um, actually, uh, this is a comic, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's a seven panel comic. It's Frankie Banky uh, has, has purchased a virtual reality headset. He puts it on and he's inside a virtual reality, well, coffee shop, speaking of coffee shop. And the uh, robot um, in the virtual reality is saying, hello, may I take your order? And then Frankie Bingy is stuttering his order. I like a giant mochaccino latte with protein and maple syrup. No whip. Coming right up, please tell me your name, sir. So he stutters his name. And then the last panel, he takes off his goggles and he um, uh, is talking to the reader. And he's saying, I actually missed the stuttering my name on coffee orders. This, by the way, this topic, this comic, I, I drew originally in French for the ABC, L'Association de Game Communication, which is a stuttering association serving the people of Quebec in Canada. For those who may not know, we have, uh, we have a Francophone population and French is our second official language. The person who suggested this as a topic, well, I thought of the VR scene, but, uh, but the whole coffee order, uh, saying how you know she misses order stuttering her name or coffee is the same friend who was in my starbucks story that i shared i just thought it was funny how i came up with that story and this at the same time one final one it was may the 4th this week my favorite comic that i drew because i think it's the only funny comic that i drew <laughs> so frankie banky dressed up as darth vader uh has a lightsaber and he's saying look all younger and his friend dressed up as Luke Skywalker saying fiend, foe. So he keeps trying to finish his sentences. Yeah, we all hate when people finish our sentences. And then Frankie Bengi goes father and Luke Skywalker is like, whoa, I didn't expect that word. So that's the type of comedy, lightheartedness, some, you know, drama because I don't want to, and I'm just going to stop sharing my screen now because I don't want to undermine uh, the stuttering experience, because there is a lot under that iceberg, right? The iceberg analogy of stuttering, you know, we only see the tip of the iceberg, the stuttering, we don't see below the waterline of the iceberg, where it's all the feelings, the emotions, the anxiety, the, the shame, right, of stuttering. So I do find it hard <laughs> to balance, like, how do you make jokes about stuttering without making jokes about stuttering to explain this isn't something to laugh at while making it, you know, a story, a fun story, like a Peanuts story or a Pixar story where there is drama there. But I feel like I'm rambling now. But in any case, I think I see the chat here. I see Anita Ropes, stutteringschool.com. Thank you very much. Uh, also on other social media, such as Instagram, Facebook, et cetera. That is true. And books and buttons and other great items. I need to send you a commission check just for that. <laughs> there's also, um, if you want to uh, read more Frankie Banky comics, there's frankiebanky.com, including the Frankie Banky podcast, where I actually described the comic a lot better job than I did <laughs> um, right now describing these. Okay, so I've been blabbering for about 15 minutes now. It's time for me to introduce my mystery guest. So will you reveal yourself, mystery guest? <laughs> Yeah, sure. Hi, <clears throat> I'm Steph Lutzak, and I am the mystery guest on the live podcast. So nice to see everybody. Welcome, welcome. Hello. So 
Uh, yes, so um, I just lost my train. Oh yes, the reason that I have you on <laughs> is because, well, you are an, uh, oh, did someone, okay. Uh, you are an SOP. Uh, you don't stutter, but you're one of us. <laughs> Would you like to share what I mean by that? And I know you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You're one yeah. of us. You get it. You get us. <laughs> I will for sure share that. So my um, brother, <clears throat> my brother is a person who stutters and he stuttered since he was six. And so my brother is the reason why I became an SLP and I actually do stutter now, but it's very mild. So you won't. So you are one of us. Stutter. I am, <laughs> but you won't hear me stutter unless I um, am very anxious or very, very tired. Um, so I always tell my graduate students that if they hear me stutter, it probably means I was upgrading their papers all night. But <laughs> I tell them. <laughs> um, but my stuttering is very different from, from my brother's stuttering because my brother has child onset stutter from when he was about six, as I said, and then my stuttering started from a brain injury back over the summer. So I didn't start stuttering until I had an anoxic brain injury this past summer, and then I started to stutter. So I'm kind of an anomaly because one would wonder, you know, who studies genetics. Um, someone would wonder if the brain injury um, made it come out because it's in my family gene pool or um, is it just just solely because of um, the lack of oxygen to the brain I experienced that caused a brain injury? But I will say as I've rehabilitated my, uh, rehabbed my brain injury, the stuttering has become less prominent. So I will say that. So my premonition would seem to be the latter of the two, but. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be here. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming, coming on. And by one of us, I meant uh, you also do a lot of behind the scenes work and getting word out about stuttering awareness and teaching the future SOPs, uh, you know, getting uh, you know, everything from getting, you know, um, you know, the language, you know, more human, you know, less focused on, you know, the idea that, you know, stuttering speech is something ter terrible and you should be ashamed of it and needs to be fixed to something more you know this is something that you can manage however way you see fit and all you know that's beautiful stuff and um what i really like is how and so this is a bit of a segue so i also put on cartooning workshops to kids who stutter and, and also to adults who stutter as well. Uh, because I started learning, oh, well, if you draw, because I'm drawing Frankie Binky comics, a lot of them are autobiographical. Now, I've never had a toilet break that flooded my house, but you know, it's based on real events, but I changed the story around because my life is kind of boring, <laughs> um, but they're all spoken from my experiences. Um, and so, uh, again, I lost my train of thought. And what was I saying? Oh, yes. Yeah. And a lot of times I also change the ending. I found that changing the ending of a real stuttering story, um, you, 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 it gives you, it's like, it's, it's, it's therapeutic. It goes the way you want it to. You can compare between the reality that happened to, hey, this is like, for example, I drew a comic for the Stama website, stama.org, where it was something, it was a stuttering um, situation from high school, my high school uh, years, where I stuttered a lot in front of this girl. 
and I, and I, um, uh, what's the word? I did not let myself live it down. And it was a source of pain looking back all these years. This is like 20 years later when I was drawing the comic because I did, because I didn't want to draw a lighthearted comedy comic for Stamma because I didn't want to get the wrong message across. That stuttering is perfectly fine. It is, but I didn't want fluent people to think stuttering is perfectly fine, even though it is, but you know what I mean, right? Uh, like, you know, there is no beneath the iceberg, right? I want them to know, no, it's fine. We're resilient people. We've been tempered by the, by the fire, but we went through hell and we still do because of you. <laughs> Things like that. Um, so I drew, so I thought, okay, I'm going to draw a serious comic. And after drawing, I'm like, this doesn't sound like me. So I thought, hey, I'll draw an alternate ending of, you know, what I know now, like based on what I know now that I wish I knew then. And I'm like, hey, this kind of works. So that's the kind of um, cartooning workshops I give to adults, to the kids, I let them draw whatever they want because creative expression, no matter what age, is great for your soul. It's, it's a lot of fun. And um, Stephanie uh, has her SOP students draw comics. Um, and if I understand correctly, uh, comics about what they understand the stuttering experience to be. Did I describe that correctly? Yeah. Uh, so I'll talk that, about that for a second. <clears throat> I first wanted to thank you for the extremely high compliment for telling me <laughs> that I get it. That, that's really amazing to hear. And I'm very, very humble um, in my efforts, but I do try really, really hard um, to put myself in people's shoes as much as possible with recognizing that I don't fully get it, but I try as hard as I can to get it. Um, and so thank you so much for your um, compliment. That was just really, really big. Um, um, but, but yeah, so I teach a graduate course on stuttering and cluttering at Baylor University, sick and bears. <laughs> a lot of my students I had to get that little in there, sorry. And, um, and something, you know, there's a lot of, um, information I want them to come out of the course with, um, understanding <clears throat> a lot of concepts. And, um, you know, we are in a world, um, an exciting time for people who stutter in the world, but also um, something that I drive home with them is that, um, and, and my, my coined phrase that I usually say, my quote is it's it's their stutter not mine and so that's kind of the basis that I teach on is that when we have someone who enters our room um, as a speech therapist number one they they chose that for different reasons and we talk about that even you know we set the scene because that in itself is a big deal uh, for someone to come into your room to possibly talk about um potentially the biggest thing in their life with somebody that they don't know. Mm. And so I tell students, I say, try to imagine, um, you know, your deepest, darkest secret or your deepest, darkest thought process, and then times it by 50 and go into someone's office you don't know. And that's kind of what they feel like, but still not right. And that's what I tell my students is we attempt to put ourselves in, in the shoes of another. Um, and, and so what I describe the scene and, and that's how I introduce um, 
treatment to them. As I say, you, you enter the room as a person who stutters, how do you think this person feels? And there's so many different reasons why someone could enter the room for treatment. A friend could have um, talked them into doing it and they didn't really want to be there. So they may not disclose anything to us. Um, uh, it could be that um, they went through therapy as a child that was traumatizing to them and they finally have the courage to come back. Or they could have had a really great experience as a child with speech therapy and they decided that they want to finally land that job interview and, and, and come back to speech therapy. There's so many different reasons why someone enters our room, but that's where I start teaching them is the moment someone walks in our door, that's a moment <laughs> that meant something in itself. Don't take that for granted even. And so there's so many ideas. I can't even go into all of them that I want them to understand by the end of this course that are beyond just this is what stuttering is this is what cluttering is this is what we do this is these are the options there's so much more that they need to learn about the humanistic experience beyond just what's in the textbook <clears throat> and one of those things that i want them to learn and grasp and the reason why i use this word and it's a controversial word but it's the word overcome and it's a word that a lot of people don't like and some people do like it yeah. but um we utilize your book in my class, Daniele, and they read, yeah, they read your book. They have a, they have a traditional academic textbook and then they have your book and um, they, they all thrive about it. They love it. Um, oh, they nice. say they want to use it in therapy when they're done reading it. They really, really enjoy it. Um, but the prompt for my extra credit at the end of the class is to draw for them to draw a comic. And the prompt specifically says that I want them to draw a comic of a situation that is overcoming. And I'm yet to get a comic submitted to me that has a situation or panels drawn of overcoming stuttering. Mm. And that shows me they're getting it. Okay. Nice. And, and I can't help but almost cry when I say that. Every <laughs> panel I get submitted to me for this assignment is episodical, you know, um, uh, 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 you know, oh, I, I didn't have the bravery to do something and I did it, or, oh, you know, I overcame that one thing or that situational thing. I'm yet to have a submission that uses the language of this person in this comic overcame their stutter. And that shows me they get it <laughs> when they leave my class. Thanks um, to you. That's, that's a testament. Yeah, no, no, that's true. So that's just yeah. another way, um, another way that I can kind of sneak in some wording there to show, <laughs> okay, they really got it. Like this is their last admission and they're on it. Um, besides mm. just their final and all the other stuff they have to do. They have <laughs> the other friv frivolous <laughs> things, yeah. All this time, you know. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's lots of ways, there's lots of things I want them to, to grasp, but um but that's one of those incidental learning things because I didn't teach them, you know, I teach about wording, you know, I, I told them I don't even use the word patient anymore. That's just me. If they want to in the medical setting, they can, but this is why I don't. Mm -hmm. um, and I teach them various viewpoints on wording, but I'm yet to have one that makes me go, oh, they didn't get it. Um, mm. So I'm really happy about that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. And so we have three comics that you that you had received permission from your students we have removed their names just for 
privacy sake to give uh, an idea of what these comics are. So I'm just going to share my screen again. Um, and again, I'm going to describe because also because it's probably difficult to read comics on a computer screen. Maybe you're reading on a tablet or something. So here's one. Uh, now I'm reading these for the first time myself. I wanted to also share your first time experience of reading the comics. So here's one is called I get by with a little help from my friends. Hard for me not to read that without the Beatles med med melody. I, I was about to say medley. <laughs> um, so it looks like there's a stick figure with a heart a head in the shape of a heart. <laughs> um, oh, I can't ever reach my goal. So uh, I think the stick figure is throwing garbage in a garbage bin or maybe basket in a basketball net on the ground. <laughs> um, so in the next panel, another stick figure comes by. The stick figure has a star head, a star shaped head saying, I see you're frustrated, can I help? And then the heart person or the heart head, we'll call a heart head, uh, please do, I am frustrated. Uh, third panel, a star head says, let's move the bin closer. And the heart head says, good idea, friend. And then last and final uh, panel, the star head is saying, I believe in you. Let's do it together. And the heart head is saying, OMG, I can't believe I did it. Thanks for believing in me. So they're both throwing, I guess, garbage or basketball <laughs> or coins in a fountain <laughs> uh, yeah, into like the bin. Trash can basketball is one of our favorite go-tos in speech therapy, by the way, especially ah. when you work in public schools and they tell you they're using your room for testing. So you have to do therapy in the janitor's closet. That's happened to me a few times. Oh. And you get some white paper and you get the trash can that's clean, take the bag out and you play some trash can basketball. Oh, nice. And so that's <laughs> probably where that's coming from. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but I picked three different comics to showcase um, <clears throat> very different comics. Um, some of them talk about stuttering, some of them don't. Um, and I picked this one just because I really loved how it was um, at the initiation of a friendship, the initiation of of helping, and then also then um, the camaraderie of believing in, in one another and helping. Um, and I just thought that was a really cool concept to show. And I always tell students they're not graded on their drawing abilities, although I was quite impressed. And I'll be impressed with the few that, that I picked, but it, it took me, you know, it was hard to pick. Um, I have so many good submissions that it was hard to pick the ones that I did for this podcast because, um, but, but I wanted to pick a few different ones to kind oh, of nice. show you the variety I get. Yeah. Yeah. And what I like about this is exactly what you said. Yeah. It does show that relationship between mm -hmm. SOP and client. I, I yeah. guess I'll use that term. I, I've heard that, you know, where it's, yeah, we're in this together, you know, and, oh, you are trying to get your, but your bags, your basketball into the net here. Let me help, help you. Excellent. Next one, number two, called the dedicated professor. So this one looks like it's wordless, um, yeah. or at least it's a four-panel comic with words in just one of the ca uh, camels panels. <laughs> so it looks so panel one, and it's also in color too. So uh, pretty cool. So it takes place at a hospital. It looks like it's the emergency room, or maybe the uh, uh, artist just. Uh, happened to draw emergency. Um, next panel, we're in a in the hospital room. Uh, there's a woman in the hospital bed. Um, 
the, uh, I guess, surgeon or doctor is walking in and uh, the surgeon is saying, what's going on with you today? Next panel, uh, it's quiet uh, or ra rather there's no dialogue. Um, and so the patient has the, what's that called? The breather, the oxygen on, uh, you know, she's hooked up to all the machines. There's a TV playing uh, on the wall. So fourth and final panel, uh, it looks like someone is standing outside of the emergency room. She has a happy face. I guess she's drinking a coffee or a drink. Um, so I'm not sure what this is about. <laughs> no offense to the artist. Nope. So but, this but, one I, actually, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> this one's actually framed in my office. Oh, um, nice. The student mailed me the original and gave me permission to keep it. Um, and uh, the reason why I picked this one, it, it was just so unique. Um, so I often teach my class um, and that's this, the setting where I'm in right now. Um, I'm in the hospital um, and I was in the hospital last time I did your podcast. So it's a trend, yeah. <laughs> um, but I have a chronic disease, a chronic condition that puts me in the hospital a lot. And I teach twice a week and now I work for three universities and, um, and I still work. So my body, while my bother, while my body is, is doing these things, these silly things to try to, you know, quit, um, my mind is still very, very sharp. And so, um, I just keep going and I, I tell my students, I'm going to keep teaching until I can't speak. And when I can't speak, um, I'll use assistive technology and use a computer to teach. Um, and I don't care if I'm the first SLP that does that, I'll do it. Um, and so that's just kind of my drive. And um, I think I get motivation. It's familial, but also my brother. Um, he's he's a pretty bad A guy, in my opinion, and yeah. <laughs> um, very resilient with his stuttering experience. And he really, I really um, channel him a lot when I think of my um, my stamina and my, um, you know, the way that I try to keep going, um, the stuttering community, my friends who stutter, my, my family that stutters, et cetera, just really, really helps motivate me to keep going and my students, my family, et cetera. But, but so, so long story short, I teach from the hospital a lot. And, um, I, I put a message on, on my, my wall of my course, uh, my code for that is I tell my students, we're going to have a different setting tonight. And that means <laughs> at the hospital. <laughs> um, and the only way I don't teach is if I'm on a ventilator, um, which happened this past week and happened three weeks ago. And so it happens if you're on a ventilator, you, you can't talk. So you can't, you know, I, I'm a little busy. <laughs> um, I'm a little, a little busy. So little, yeah. that's the only time I cancel my class is if I'm on a ventilator. If I'm off, I'm teaching. Uh, <laughs> that's just how I am. So this student decided to draw this particular comic. Um, and it was just so, so honoring. And I had to include it because it's just it again it's on my wall and she so is drew that it. you in the that's comic? me oh, yeah wow. that's me yeah so she drew this her moment of overcoming to her meant um my resilience and so um I included this because she she had this long 
um, long blurb she sent with her submission just about my dedication. And, and again, I'm, I'm very humble. Um, I, I truly believe that we would not have a field of stuttering without people who stutter. And, and I did not grow up stuttering. And, and, and you guys are the experts, not me. Um, and I will say that every day. But this was a very, very humble, uh, very, very honoring. I mean, honoring comic to receive. And it, it will stay on my office wall. And I'm sure my family will keep it forever because it was just one of those moments and you know when you have a moment in your life where you're like I gotta keep that one um this is yeah. one of those so yeah. yeah oh wow so is that her the student in yeah, the fourth that's the student panel? and that's me teaching from my laptop with like my stuff on and working and grading and yeah oh wow yeah wow, I was in ICU very... and grading their papers and yeah <laughs> my mind is blown nice very nice. yeah so that I was, hope she that got, was I hope she got straight A's <laughs> yeah yeah so and that was one. really touching and I asked her you know can I have permission I mean her name's on it in my the, not on this copy you're showing we blacked it out but she was like honestly I don't care if y'all show it but I mean we blacked it out but um I've got it in my office framed yeah. so yeah, yeah I'm feeling bad that I'm not mentioning their names giving them credit it's no, like, it's damn okay. it, I should have asked. I should have it's asked okay. if it was okay. No, I, I told them I would black out the names. They said they didn't care, but just for FERPA purposes, I feel better with them blacked yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so a uh, third comic, another mm -hmm. four panel. This one, it's the, so there's a monster, and I guess it's a girl running away from a monster. So her name is Jane. And the monster, there's a sign saying my stutter. So the monster represents the girl's stutter. And uh, I think it's Jane who's speaking, saying, M -m my name is J -J -J Jane and I stutter. I, I, I don't like when I stutter because it makes me feel small. Uh, second panel, one day my teacher asked me to tell the class well, what made me special. I was so afraid. I felt like the monster of my stutter would crush me so there's a picture of her uh, imagining um, what I recognize from a cult animation <laughs> short film classic of Godzilla of a Godzilla foot stamping on uh, Jane saying help me panel three even though I, I was scared I stood up and told the class that I am special because I stutter. So there's a picture of her in, or a drawing of her drawing, um, sorry, talking in front of her class, uh, saying I am special because I stutter. And you could see a part of the stutter monster who's now tiny, very, very tiny. You can only see the top of his head. You can see his horns. Um, and then fourth and final panel. Uh, so the... Uh, so she's saying the monster doesn't feel so b -b big anymore, but it will always be a part of me. And so the monster is very tiny. She's very large. She's in front of the class and she's happy. And I like how she ends off her comic with fin, <laughs> which is French for finish. That's how I end the French comics that I create. So, <laughs> so yeah. there's that. <laughs> I liked this one a lot because um, this this overcoming episodic moment. Um, and again, oh, y'all, when I say overcoming, um, I truly, I truly believe it. You know, again, it's your set or not mine. There's the beep. 
<laughs> um, the hospital beep. The hospital beep. I said we might get interrupted with beeps. Um, is your stutter not mine? And so when we can you hear me talking okay through the beeps? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, it's just gonna beep for a second. Um, I press my button. So um you know, if overcoming if you feel like your dialogue and narrative is that you overcame your stutter, that's your narrative, right? That's not my narrative. So I'm not talking down to people who use that narrative. Um, I just wanted students to understand that that's not everybody's narrative. You're fine. Thank you. Um, that's not everybody's narrative. And so, um, again, the submissions I get are episodic overcomings and, and, and they're getting it. Um, and so, so this episode of overcoming was um, a moment of self-disclosure. And what's so lovely about this is, again, um, when I teach activities in therapy like self-disclosure, um, so many, um, and I, I hate to say it like this, but this is what I call it when yeah. I teach. I call it SLP in a box. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying really, really hard to make a difference and make a change in speech therapy and trying really hard for those. And it comes down to the graduate school experience. It really does. And for the therapists that don't always completely know what they're doing, to give them the benefit of the doubt, it's not always their fault because they didn't always get the graduate school experience they really needed to have. Yeah. And so that's why I spend so much time outside of work educating SLPs. You know, I spend a lot of time meeting with SLPs at other schools, doing educational seminars and giving them examples of my reports and, you know, blacked out, of course, all hit, like made up cases um, that I use in class and, and teaching because it wasn't their fault, <laughs> you know, it wasn't their fault that they didn't get that coursework. Um, but the fact that they're coming to somebody who does get it for more information is a great step. And I applaud them for that. You know, the fact that you're coming to me asking this question to learn more is great. Um, but when I teach self-disclosure, so many SLPs that just want to do fluency therapy, quote unquote, which some people want fluency, some people don't. And we've, we've talked about those things before. Um, they get out their fluency in a box and their strategies in a box and, and they say, okay, now we're gonna get on the phone and now we're gonna make phone calls and, and now we're gonna teach you to self-disclose. And I actually teach my students, think about the emotions around self-disclosure and what that means, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I use myself as an example, and I don't claim that lung disease is like stuttering, but I have lung disease. And I tell my students, do you know what big of a deal it is for me to come up to someone I don't know and say, my name is Steph and I have lung disease. So I might cough or my voice might go out when I'm speaking to you. That's hard. That's really hard. And it took me five years of having lung disease to be able to do that. Oh, wow five years. And I tell my students that, and I'm not even a child onset person who stutters. And so who went through trauma or not went through trauma, not everybody did. Some people did. And so when I teach self-disclosure as a therapeutic tool, it's not the right time for everybody. Some may want to self-disclose, some may not. Mm. The research is there in a positive manner for self-disclosure, but it doesn't mean everybody needs to do it right now. And this is why. And we talk about what does this kid right here, this Jane and this comic feel like in that moment, you know, what did it take for her to get to that moment to self-disclose in the therapy room? What did you have to do with her? 
And we talk about that. It wasn't just, okay, now go tell your class and disclose your stutter. It wasn't just that. It was a lot of counseling and it was a lot of role play. And it was a lot of how do you feel? And, and so there's so much emotions around this comic. And this is why I picked this one is because um, this was a huge moment for this character to self-disclose and to say, okay, I beat my monster. Okay. I beat, you know, but the way I teach my classes, what did it take that person to get to that moment? Because that's part of therapy too. Right. And we can't miss that because the SLPs that do miss that, those are the SLPs that are traumatizing people. What I'm learning, what what you're making me realize, this is the exact same approach um, that we need to take. Well, we like collectively, I'm not saying me and you, just saying in general, there's a lot of fights online (laughs) between, you know, the acceptance crowd, the fluency crowd uh, that, hey, what is it that you want, right? Like you can't just say, just tell people that you stutter. It's okay because that requires a journey, which I never realized myself, even though I went through that because that that was in my head, not with an SOP over time. That was me over time going, ooh, ooh, this, this, give it a try. You know, I heard someone else try this. Let me try that one too. My mind is blown. (laughs) Such a personal experience, Danielle. And with everything we do, it has to be personally meaningful to the child or adult we're serving, even to the child. I give child control. And if parents not on board, we have a mediation meeting because we all have to get on the same same board here. It's the child stutter. And so we all have to have kind of a meeting to come in the middle with what's going to happen in therapy here because the child wants to do this and the parent wants to do this. We need to have a meeting because I can't write my goals until we're on the same page. Yeah. And I don't write them until we're on the same page. Yeah. And so there's some discussions that have to happen, but Daniela, even when it comes to like handouts, like the stuttering foundation of America, Jane Frazier was on earlier and she did an amazing job talking about her father and and stories of her father. And, um, no, Trey, thank you. (laughs) Sorry. And talking about her father and, um, I give the students another example and I tell them, and again, not to compare myself to stuttering. And I always tell them times it by 50. And then that's not even close (laughs) to the stuttering experience, but let's pretend like, um, you know, I said, for example, one time I had a crick in my neck. Okay. And I couldn't go to work and it was so painful. And my neck was stuck like this and it was rocking my life. Okay. Like I was like this, I walk into my doctor's office and I'm like, I've missed two days of income. I can't do any of my activities of daily living. I'm stuck like this to the side and it's rocking my world. I need help. So I go to my doctor for help. Okay. And I want answers. I want information. I want, this is what you can do for help. And do you know what I got when I left that appointment? I got a handout on neck pain, a general handout. He barely listened to me and I got a handout on neck pain. How do you think I felt when I left that room with something that was rocking my life so badly causing me to lose sleep, et cetera. And that's just two nights, not a lifetime of stuttering. 
So I use that example to my students. And I say, when you give a handout to a parent about tips on listening or a handout to a teacher on tips to help Johnny in the classroom, make it specific. You know, Johnny, you should because you evaluated Johnny, didn't you? Here's number six on this list to help Johnny in the classroom because Johnny does this specifically. Make them feel more than a handout. Those handouts are great. Make them personal. Like everything we do has to be geared personally to that person to make them feel listened to. And it's not even a neck crick, right? And so that's how I teach. And, And I use these little examples to hone into them that like, I felt, I left that office feeling horrible. I didn't feel listened to. I still had the neck pain. I had no solutions and no, nothing that helped me, but a general something I could have found online piece of paper on neck pain. And I felt, I felt horrible. It reminds me a lot of a time two years ago, three years ago, before COVID, uh, a lifetime ago, (laughs) before COVID. Uh, Long story short, I went to two eye doctors. One was exactly what you felt. The other one said, I purposely uh, schedule my appointments an hour and a half. So my patients can tell me everything. They're the experts. I, I wait and I listen. And he also teaches at a university and he tells his, his students that the um, students are the experts. They know exactly how they're feeling. So you blow my mind again. <laughs> So this is cool, right? We're always teaching the SOPs and this SOP is teaching me. So very, very cool. <laughs> you guys teach me. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we teach each other. So right. if only there was some sort of conference that did that. Hmm. Anywho, uh, <laughs> any questions? <laughs> I know we have some new people that just, uh, and I recognize some names. Hey, everybody that you know who you, who you are. Um, any questions? I think I think the only original pers- people from the beginning is Nicolina and Anita. So <laughs> any questions? We have 10 minutes. Yeah. Loads of questions. <laughs> Remember, it's all about you now, so. <laughs> <laughs> no questions? I always tell Once me questions or crickets. Questions and questions or crickets. Yeah. I this think that fun. means we're done. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is some, so I'm going to wrap up. Thank you for, and of course, to my uh, listening audience. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, you know, it's been two months since I podcasted and I recorded my next episode two days ago and I forgot everything that I did. That's how bad my memory got. I'm like, how do I do this? How do I how do I outro <laughs> the podcast? So I uh, usually end with, uh, let me know what you thought of this episode, so record something, four minutes, we'll say. I don't want to give you know people who stutter a time <laughs> limit. Uh, email it to coolstuttergmail.com. You can use your voice memo app on your phone. Just email it, coolstuttergmail.com, and I'll play it on my next episode. As long as it's clean, nice, safe for work, that kind of stuff, family-friendly, because SLPs have told me they play uh, my episodes in therapy sessions. And uh, this is going to be a great segue to the next session.